is out. It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds, unbelievable. They wouldn't say die. That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Welcome to Ver... Oh, I'll start again. Oh, oh God. No, no, keep going, mate. Keep oh. going. People know that you're going to say welcome to another very exciting edition of They Came to Play. Welcome to a very special Super Bowl Monday edition of They Came to Play. We normally record a little bit earlier in the day, but we thought, no, no, let's watch the Super Bowl first and we can talk about it afterwards. Uh, hello, Tess Armstrong. Hello, Limo. I have just woken up from a nap after the Super Bowl, so um, it was a thrilling and exciting day. It, it always is. It always is. I think personally for me the Super Bowl peaked when Justin Timberlake and uh, Janet, Janet Jackson, Jackson. provided the halftime entertainment. Uh, but uh, not a bad effort from Tom Brady today. Hello, Danny McGinley. Hello, Limo. Yes, uh, I... I've, I, I the halftime entertainment is where I got my best idea of the day. Why aren't we, mm. as Australia, yes. fighting for the biggest Australian bands to play the halftime show? I'm talking about the Wiggles. Can you imagine mm. the Wiggles yes. putting on an epic halftime show? <laughs> I'm talking like, you know, because the weekend had all those dancers with masks and yeah. it looked pretty epic. It looked like a symphony orchestra there. Yes. What if, just imagine all of that doing a bit of toot toot chugga chugga. Or a skeleton scat for those Ooh, who are into the newer stuff. Hot potato, hot potato. Hell yeah. And I'm talking all eight Wiggles, past and present oh, members. The Wiggles super band, you could yes. say. Yes. Come yeah. on, showcase Australia. Well, one thing is for sure, everyone knows all the words. So yeah. we'd be singing along. There's something in it for the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wiggles are used to performing at daytime, so they wouldn't be intimidated by nah. an afternoon performance. Nah. Uh, at all, they used to big crowds. Hell yeah, uh, so and they'll be they'll be stoked just to do one show a day. Because normally put, they do four or five. <laughs> would you put the Wiggles in amongst some other acts? Like, could you sandwich the Wiggles between Jimmy Barnes and Paul Kelly? Yes. Or? So, so okay, an Australian showcase. So oh, we right, start okay. with ACDC. Yes, yes. Jimmy Barnes, Paul Kelly. S- sorry, do you end with ACDC or do you start with ACDC? You start with ACDC. Start with, start with Back in Black. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, your, what are your thoughts, Tess? I'm sorry, can I clarify? Are we talking about sending the Wiggles and the Australian Showcase to the Super Bowl? Yeah. As, right, because I... Oh, yeah. to the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah. It's the halftime show. What are you talking about? You think oh, I'm just planning thought, a gig? No, I thought, I thought you were the AFL Grand Final. Oh, no. Super Bowl. Oh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. yeah no, so, sorry, Mike Brady, you're not making this one. <laughs> One day in February. Yeah, it's very hard. You need to be wary. Yeah. yeah, you do. I mean, yeah. one of the fascinating things about today, I mean, I'm up for it, Danny. I think the Wiggles have a lot of hits. They're in a car, so, like, it would be COVID safe, you know, if they still haven't sorted it out. <laughs> kind of you know that would be yeah. the Ford Ranger, toot, toot, chugga, chugga, big Ford Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got to keep everything on brand. Yeah. That's right. Um, but, yeah, you just kind of, today, I want to talk about the halftime entertainment because I feel like, like the weekend has some catchy tunes. 
don't get me wrong. And I was it was quite fun because it was immediately turned into a meme which just made me giggle several times when he's in that room oh, really? looking around desperately for stuff and people are like me when I enter a house and I know there's a dog in it. You know, it's fun. Oh, like, yeah, fun yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Me when he had the selfie camera on himself and someone just <laughs> tweeted me what I look like to the microwave, which made me laugh heaps. Um, <laughs> That's good. That's good, yeah. So it was good. However, his outfit, right, was clearly Michael Jackson. And as Emma Race uh, from the Outer Sanctum in our group chat pointed out, his gloves were OJ Simpson. So I was like, he's got oh. a really controversial <laughs> double inspiration. MJ and OJ, I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah, there are a couple of J's you want to avoid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bet yeah. Sammy J's quite annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound like much of a weekend. O- OJ and MJ. I'd never heard of the weekend. I mean, that says more about me, clearly, than it is about Surely, him. Surely on your SAFM show there's a bit of weekend. We, uh, we may. We may. I don't listen to the music much. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think I knew him, and then when the songs were playing, I'm like, oh, this guy, he's, he's on at the gym. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. only... You know, recent, uh, like, current music releases connect with me best when they sample songs from the 80s <laughs> or 90s. Like, oh, I recognise that sample. Yes. <laughs> if we, this is why we need the Wiggles in there, for those of us who don't yeah. care about popular music, but we have kids. So it's so this is for an international audience. Yep. So you start with ACDC. Yes. Then who comes in next? Wiggles. 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 Then... Yep. Then Kylie Minogue, yeah, yeah, sure. I yeah. think okay. yeah, she, had, she had a big hit in America. Yeah, I think uh, you need yeah. Keith Urban in there as well because he's quite famous in America. Oh, yes. oh, that's going to ruin it. No. Good call. No, no, Keith Urban. Sorry, I but, like that. Yeah, Mid- Midnight Oil. They've got uh, you know a bit of global cred. Do you know? I thought we we did the opposite to what we do normally with uh, New Zealanders. In like, we've just decided Keith Urban's actually from New Zealand. Like, you know, he's, he did the opposite to Sam Neill and Russell Crowe. I mean, Russell Crowe we gave back when he started punching yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. No, we uh, – no, I'm happy with Keith Urban. Really? I have, I have no problems. When are we, this is another sidebar, but when are we doing that to Jacinda? When can we just say, hey, now you're our Prime Minister now? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? It's better to adopt her instead of old Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make it. Cast political. No, but, so. but you know, look, we all want Jacinda. We Come all on. want Jacinda. I mean, everyone wants Jacinda. Maybe that we need to have like a referendum at the next and you yeah. know they can only you could do record referendums at election time. So can we change the, the name. Yeah. Change the name of this country to New New Zealand. <laughs> we call it New Australia. <laughs> weren't we weren't we New Holland at one point in time? Weren't we New Holland before we were Australia? Yeah, and New Amsterdam was New York. So New Amsterdam was New York. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Fresh start. Um, but yeah. Well, actually, we should combine uh, just maybe go into the Lord of the Rings thing, call ourselves New Middle Earth. <laughs> well, that's true. That's we could another... call ourselves New Middle Earth and just be a joint kind of operation where we yeah. all work in cahoots with one another because really that's what we're looking at for the, the travel bubble. That's what we're looking at for the next 12 months is really New Zealand being the place to be. And, by the way, if, you, if you're listening and you haven't actually been to New Zealand, you should definitely. It's the most glorious, beautiful place on earth with the best people and everything is magical. So you should definitely just go there. It's awesome. It, tr- it truly is. Tess, I was there for New Year's uh, two or maybe three years ago, Christmas and New Year's, and it was just glorious. 
We loved every inch of it. Yeah. How many New Zealand listeners do we have on They Came to Play? Let, no. Oh, hey, how, what are the odds New Zealand gets an AFL team before Tasmania? <laughs> I, well, I, you know what? I would, yes, that would probably happen. I mean, New Zealand has a netball team. Yeah, a few. They're like three or four, I think. Uh, it has a, a NRL team. Yes, an A-League team. An A-League team. Okay. NBL. A rugby team, yep. obviously. Um, so... Yeah, I can see it getting an AFL team before yeah. Tasmania. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And who's, that might be part of the deal, like in the Prime Minister takeover, Prime Ministerial takeover of Jacinda Ardern when she um, invades. Um, yeah. Maybe I get it. <laughs> I like it. how you looked for another term for it there. But, <laughs> no, uh, she'll invade. She's invading. And, and it's fine. She's invading. Um, yeah. let's, let's be frank. And then they that part of the kind of new deal, the new treaty might be that they get an Aussie Rules team before old Tassie. But, I mean, Tassie's had a long time to invade and it has not made a move. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And so if New Zealand did get a team, so would you just relocate the Gold Coast Suns to Auckland? (laughs) The Auckland Suns? No, it wouldn't be the Auckland Suns, though. The Auckland... Jack Jumpers? (laughs) (laughs) Auckland's a very... um, It's a water town. It's a harbour town. So you might be like the Auckland Wales or something. Uh, the Auckland Orcs, just yeah. like the Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. The Orcs. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, the that works. Orcs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That'll do. And the Wellington right. Windies. And you know what? <laughs> they will, in all seriousness, they'll get as big a crowds as they get on the Gold Coast and they'll probably get as much traction with the locals. Oh, hey, what are you, what are you so anti the Suns for today, Limo? We have oh, well, a lot just... of uh, Suns fans who listen to oh, I'm pretty, do we? I'm well, pretty we... sure both the Suns fans <laughs> listen to They Came yeah, to yeah. Play. And I, I will say... Uh, Limo, you should do the Suns a favour because last week you jumped on board as a Gold Coast Suns fan in the AFLW because of all of the Hawthorne connections and they didn't score a a goal. Actually, they scored the lowest ever AFLW score. So it might be you. Do I need to take take some responsibility for that? I think so because, I mean, you know, the timeline's, I, I can't change the timelines. You came on board as a fan and then they suffered their greatest ever loss. Oh, no. And it was the pineapple grapple too, it was wasn't the it? Pine- it was. The mango tango. And so. Tess, it's the AFLW, the woman go tango. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, woman fake tan go, you know. You go and get your spray tan. Spray tan go. So, yeah. I love that, the fake mango tango. Ten goal, bre- <laughs> ten goal win to the Lions there. That was yeah. awesome. Uh, it was, yeah, pretty. Two of their pretty, players kicked pretty four goals each. I was like, they were, it was proper training drill stuff, which was a bit orcs. A bit, a bit Auckland. Mm. See, she's, she's putting in the hard work already, the <laughs> Auckland Suns. Well, uh, so yeah. there we go. I think we'll continue a push for the Auckland somethings. Yeah. As this uh, as this year rolls out, uh, and if you think you'd like to see a team in Auckland, please. Sir. Oh, and also, if you're in Dunedin or Christchurch or no, you, know, yeah. one, you know, in Vercargill, hey, but put make a case for your yes. uh, hometown uh, hosting a, an AFL side. Yeah, done. Yeah. Locked it. If we're, and seriously, I'm, I'm, this is mostly a test to see if we have any Kiwis who listen to yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, please let us know if you think that. So what should we talk about first, Dave? Oh, should we talk about the Super Bowl? Should we talk yeah, about well, the, the rest yeah, of the AFLW? Let's, let's talk about Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's Super Bowl first. Okay. Who, was, who were you barracking for, Tess? Were you on Mahone or Brady? Look, I was on Mahone, but it was 
actually so hard. So you know how I'm a classic neutral in most sports except for Aussie rules and I was like, you know, each year I read up on whichever team and usually I'm barracking against Tom Brady because he's a villain. However, he's also quite good, so it's complicated. And um, Tess, what, I'm going to stop you there. Why do you have Tom Brady as a villain? Because I did left- a bit of research on him this week and he seems to be just a, such a nothing person he, that everyone projects these stories onto him. He left his pregnant partner um, very late in her pregnancy to have an affair with Giselle, so he's dead to me at that stage and people are like oh but it was Giselle but like still makes you a bad person also he's like a Trump supporter and also he's like uh, no, he claims he's not uh, I, I looked into that nonsense. he had a Trump hat he says he's mates with Trump but doesn't yeah. agree with his politics I'm mates with him but it's like saying I'm mates with Hitler I'm mates with the baddie. <laughs> I don't believe in his policies. We're still a lot of fruit. What do you talk about? You probably talk about. Also, he was like questioning the science of the CDC and Corona. It's just like a, you know, classic, just okay. classic guy who pretends to have absolutely no opinions at all, but actually has opinions and they're the wrong ones. And so then he can, because he's so generic, people are like, oh, he's probably fine. But I accept that he's exceptionally good at playing. Well, did, actually, this this makes sense then, Tess, that uh, I don't know if you've looked at the 7AFL uh, Instagram page, oh, yeah. but uh, Dane Swan has uh, has pointed out that Tom Brady has a bit of the Dustin Martins about him. <laughs> oh, no. Now, I, I actually agree. Both horrible people, both yeah. uh, playing for just the terrible, terrible, wretched hives of scum and villainy. Yeah. Also, the um, other we- thing about um, Tom Brady is that he's never had a sip of coffee in his life. Like, what a weird thing. What? Yep. Oh, you should have led with that. Oh, I'm off him. Do you know oh, what I mean? How can you have never had a sip? Next, you're going to tell us he's never had a sip of alcohol. How can you live with yourself? Well, I don't know about that, actually, but I wouldn't be surprised. Anywho, so I was like, right, I'll probably not barrack for Tampa. Also, Florida is quite complicated as a, you know, as a state. So I was like, mm. But then no, I was no, like. No, um, Florida voted less for Trump than Missouri did. I looked into well, that. Well, well, this is the other thing. Kansas <laughs> City. Chiefs as well have one of those names where the you know Native American people are like hey maybe you should include us in your team and maybe you could include us in the way we're represented because they would always be doing you know face paint and dancing and stuff but not yeah, having their, it in their home ground is called Arrowhead <laughs> Stadium so it's not like they can't even pretend that we're talking about chief executive officers <laughs> or anything yeah. and so then I was kind of like well. They're not like super goodies. I just really wasn't. I, f- I found it very hard to get behind either team. And so then I was like, well, I'll just watch it and see what happens. <laughs> it was very well, lackluster. And, and what happened, Tess? I believe you fell asleep. I had a nap at the end and then I woke up and I saw like the on stage presentation. It was quite boring. I'm not going to lie. Like yeah, yeah. I love a competition and then I would have just barracked for the competition. I, I, so I watched it at the pub and I, I had most of my fun when I watched the Super Bowl is, uh, you know, it's usually, you know, people have taken the day off work or whatever. And Australians, especially here in Melbourne, people just love an event, a big sporting event. So people get around it, get behind it. And I love hearing the chat from people like myself who don't watch any American football but are trying to analyse the game. One of the guys at my table uh, said it went after like the first touchdown had happened. He said, "Oh, th- I reckon the, th- this is pretty big, isn't it? This, um, this, and he doesn't know the term for. I believe it's a push or a rush or something. But he's going, this set of possessions is probably going to be pretty big, yeah." <laughs>
Yeah, I'm the same. I don't know. Yeah, the nah. technicalities, I'm not right across. My The angle I went for on radio today was to talk about the two quarterbacks, of course. Mm-hmm. And so, Tess, tell me if this comparison sways your opinion of these guys at all. So Brady's net worth $200 million, Okay. Earned $20 million last year. <laughs> I thought you were going to say during the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, you uh, know how much I love wealth, so... Yeah, as you as you know, uh, is with Giselle Bunchen, who he met while his other partner was pregnant, but on a blind date. So someone set him up on a blind date yeah. while he's with someone, while he's got a partner. But is that the most ridiculous blind date in the history of blind dates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giselle no, you- Bunchen, the number one supermodel in the world and the greatest NFL footballer ever. Yeah, you do, you do say, hey, uh, Giselle, I got this guy. Um, you, yeah. It's actually worse, actually. For hey, Tom, there's this girl. Hey, it doesn't matter what she looks like, mate. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, just, I just think you guys would be great together. Yeah. Uh, so they met on a blind date and uh, they're still together now, obviously. Um, and her boyfriend before Tom Brady was, of course. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Um Anyway, so that's... But then she got too old for Leonardo, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she turned 23. She turned 19, yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, and her boyfriend before Leonardo DiCaprio was Prince Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but the Patrick Mahomes story, so he uh, two years ago signed a 10-year contract for $450 million. Oh. Okay. So he earns $45 million a year. Uh, which He didn't today. The obvious <laughs> next question is, is he single? Yeah. <laughs> he uh, is still dating his high school sweetheart. Oh, oh. legend. House, Texas. They started dating in year 10 and they are still together today. Good, oh, good. That's good. Um, so he seems like a lovely guy. That certainly made my wife fall in love with him. Yeah. Mind you, like. When you do snap up someone who is well above your league, uh, you just hang on to them for dear life, no matter how much you're earning. And I'm speaking from experience. (laughs) My wife and I got together when we were 20 and there is, I'm pretty sure I could earn earn $120 bajillion. I ain't doing better than her. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Gazelle. (laughs) You've done well. Uh, So... But imagine if they bro. Imagine if you dated someone like that at high school, and then you just went and watched them become uber famous. Yeah, yeah. that's quite complicated, isn't it? You would like if one of you. Oh, maybe it's not. I mean, maybe if you meet them and they say they're going to be, you know, how everyone when you're a teenager is like, well, I'm going to be in a band, and I'm going to be. You'd be like, yeah, all yeah. right, love. <laughs> Would you be the person forever? Like I watched the Tiger Woods documentary recently and his first ever girlfriend features quite heavily in it. Oh. Uh, and she's really good actually. Yeah, and she gives some interesting insights into him. But is she forever, is that how, she, has she, is her life defined by the fact that she was once dated Tiger Woods? Oh. Well, she can't. Well, like when people, when her friends introduce her to people and say, oh, this is my friend Sally. You know she used to date Tiger Woods? Totally, yeah. yeah. Your friends would do that though, especially the ones that like are social climbers. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you watch, uh, I've been watching Holy Moly on Channel 7 because I have yeah. small children and it's aimed at them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they keep mentioning that one guy played against Tiger Woods. So I think Tiger Woods is just a, yeah. a just a sort of a, a thing that you measure your life by. It's a, before he's, Tiger and after Tiger. <laughs> he's, he's transcended the sport. Yes. It? There's no yeah. doubt about that. Um, yeah, so I was kind of, despite Mahomes clearly being a good bloke, I was barracking for the Bucks. For a couple of reasons, uh, there's something about the legendary status of Brady that I wanted that to continue mm. to grow. This is this is your Hawthorne. Uh, yeah, so that's fine. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers have won six Super Bowls. Yeah, the New England Patriots have won six, and now Brady has won seven. Oh, okay. So he's won more Super Bowls. So the, than any team. Hang on, if the Patriots never won one without Brady, that must be the case. Wow, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Ah. Um, well done to the to so the Patriots. I believe were like at one, at one point the Patriots and the Buccaneers back in the early nineties were like the laughing stocks of the league. Yeah, that was mm. so bad. Mm. And so the Bucks had only won one. So that was one reason um, I wanted to see the Brady legend grow. Uh, and also the coach um, Andy Reid. Oh no, Andy Reid's Kansas. Uh, Aaron's uh, Bruce Aaron's was sure. it. I recently watched a special on the Arizona Cardinals when he was the coach of them, and he's a lovely bloke. Okay. And I really liked him. My next-door neighbour is uh, an Irish bloke who lived in Boston for years, and his favourite two teams are the New England Patriots and Manchester United. Right. Uh, and so, but he went for, uh, he's all about, he just wanted Brady to get more success. And then we worked out that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are owned by the Glazer family, who own Manchester United. <laughs> hey! So he's, he's a very happy man today. He's happy. <laughs> In, interesting. So a lot of uh, uh, fans from New England are split. Yeah, yeah. Do you barrack Bell- for your old, old players and want them to win another championship or... Do you hate them and not want them to win? Well, at the pub I was at, there was a lot of people in Patriots shirts cheering for Tom Brady. Oh, so right. okay. I don't know how many people would have cheered for the Chiefs because they didn't score a touchdown. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but right. it seemed the majority were going for the Buccaneers. Yeah, and okay. it is it is amazing. Like seven on seven individual awards, it is cool. And also, you know, like when someone becomes bigger than the game itself. That is quite yeah. interesting. At least it's something interesting to watch because the actual competition itself was in in invalid as something interesting to watch because it was super. Oh, it's a terrible game! Terrible Don't game. Don't feel sorry for like it sucks because you're like, oh, my home is beforehand. It was like, oh, can he take it up to the best in the business? And it's always just so disappointing to me when people don't take their moment. Like, and, like, and oh. as a neutral. You, you're just like, oh, I got denied watching. It was a bit like, uh, oh, you know, every grand final in recent years. Uh, <laughs> when Gary Ablett v Dustin Martin, going to be one of the greats of all time, Gary gets injured. So uh, yeah, then yeah, and Geelong yeah. themselves all just give up at halftime. So oh, that was great, it's just actually. terrible, terrible games, by the way. <laughs> actually, Tess, while I'm on that, can I just uh, – one, one of our good uh, listeners, uh, Jeff, has pointed out something from last year that I meant to bring up last week. Oh, goodness. About uh, uh, you were talking about that book. Um, Conrad. About the, Conrad's book about Richmond doing it, quote, unquote, the hard way. <laughs> and you quoted a passage, test. I did. About how they used to crap, crack open the hotel doors of quarantine players to read them <laughs> bedtime stories. Is that right? Um, look. 
I don't know. I can't. I don't want to oh, be you an don't, You don't know. I don't Hang remember, on. Your Honour. I don't remember. I'm Lance Armstrong. I don't remember. Now, opening the door at all constitutes a breach of the quarantine hub. You combine this with Sydney Stack's later breaches, it seems clear that Richmond needs to be sanctioned, stripped of the premiership, deducted points, so in fact they win the spoon and draft picks for the next five years. Sure, there's no premiership awarded for 2020, just like the AFLW, but that's a price that Jeff is prepared to pay, and I say, Jeff, I vote for you as Chief Commissioner of the AFL. Be fair. Very careful lest people look into your own teams and the way they behaved in oh, the hotel. Kelly Tess, is that your, your legal rebuttal? You are. Yeah, your faces. <laughs> <laughs> your faces is a quarantine breach. Deal with it. Right, right. That's what I'm naming the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't hear a word of that and I have no memory of the book. I don't know who Conrad Marshall is and I don't know who either of you are either. So. <laughs> uh, two last things on the Super Bowl. Uh, one is um, or did, ooh, ooh. there was a crowd. It's like one of the first crowds they've had at Florida Sports in, uh, you know, 10 months. And uh, did you know, Limo, that, that, did you notice they didn't show the crowd? Much? Yes, I did notice that. Now, what, do you have a theory on why that is? Because uh, it was small? Yeah, I've, I've got a better theory. No. Uh, Tess, do you have any ideas? Because they were made happy. of cardboard. <laughs> No, no, they were all they were all frontline workers, and yes. they were all given tickets as yes. a thank you, yes. and they were all vaccinated. So this is the first time there's been a big group of vaccinated people all sitting together. Oh, yeah. My theory is it was just an orgy. No one was paying attention <laughs> to the Super Bowl. They were just Rock licking on. each other, yeah. sneezing on each other's faces, oh, yeah. and it was just it was like it was our, it was triple X rated oh. in there. No one told them you need two shots, did they? No. <laughs> oh, they, they went three or four times. They got, <laughs> but, they got one of those all-round vaccines that <laughs> covers everything. I will say it was quite complicated watching the crowd because so there was like 20,000 normal people there, 7,000 frontline workers who've been vaccinated and then the rest were filled in with cardboard. But when you would see the crowd, it looked like completely full. So they did a good job of making the stadium look full. Um, but... There were so many COVID. There were like 600 people died in, in Florida today from COVID. Like it just seems so weird to even have people in there at all. Um, mm. And then there was, there was this person tweeted, which was quite like remarkable, but they had like a minute silence at the beginning, I think, for all the people who died from COVID, which was really nice. But then they said, um, Annie Dash said, if they scrolled the names of Americans who've died in this pandemic, the way um, – you two did for victims of 9-11 during the Super Bowl in 2002. I don't know if you all remember that. They would have had to stop the game and run names on the screen for 12 and a half hours. Oh. Which is how long it feels like the Super Bowl goes for, but it doesn't actually. So I was like, it just is so oh disassociation. Yeah. Tess, who said that? Um, Arnie Dash. Arnie Dash. Anil. Anil. A N I L D A S H. It's just like quite a Are you writing this down to bring a point, Lima, or are you just making notes for breakfast radio tomorrow? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I want to read that. Oh, okay. Anyway, it just seemed 
really odd. And then the weekend dancing, but everyone wearing um like jockstrap masks on their faces. Like, I know, but on the, they held a series of super spreader events over the weekend in the lead up to the game. It was ridiculous. Just very odd. And like I, you know, just contrasting the reaction to have one case and we have like 600 Australian Open, we have... We hold them hostage for a week or whatever. Um, it just yeah. kind of is a world away. And apparently and there was a streaker. Well, there wasn't. There, I mean, as we say on this show mm, all the time, yeah. if you run onto the Wii, yes. a sports arena, yes. uh, you're an idiot, you're a pest, stop ruining things. If you do it naked, you're a legend. Yeah, you're a streaker, you're uh, a legend. <laughs> High fives all around if you don't yeah. want to make it. And, also, and fans of this. Uh, so, Tess, who was it that pointed out to us that uh, the commentary was very similar to our intro? Oh, hold on. I'll, find, I'll, I'll tell you um, right. because it was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> hold on. Other shows would edit this. If we were on the ABC, this would have been edited out, but now it's just not us. us. Not us. <laughs> we want you guys to feel the realness yeah. of, of our of our chats. <laughs> Plus our editing budget's gone through the floor. Yeah. Normally I would Anthony. edit out, but who was it? It was Anthony, who's a listener, who's at Cider AU, and he shared with us um, potentially a new entrant, entrance for our show. I'm going to play it now. As an, as, a, as an option. So this is commentary of the Pitch Invader. Here we go. Three to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. <laughs> and now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20. Down the middle. The 10. The 5. He slides at the 1. And they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. <laughs> Magnificent. Magnificent. Hang on, hang on. I, now I've got to name the episode, Pull Up Your Take Off the Bra and Be a Man. <laughs> Pull up your pants, take off your bra, and be a man. It's, that was the most entertaining thing that happened all day. I won't lie. It was oh, great. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, funny stuff, man. Eh? Well, so, I do love it. Um, so, yeah, plenty of excitement of the Super Bowl. Have we got any other Super Bowl matters uh, to be discussed? Well, did you know that Gronkowski, Gronkowski, yes, however yes. you want to pronounce it, do you know his story? He retired. He yeah. played with uh, Brady at the Patriots. And the Brady, uh, Brady ah. did convince him to make a comeback. Yeah, he's Tampa Bay. It's yeah. like Tim Watson retired then came back and won the 93 <laughs> grand final. Yeah. Or I was going to say what Tony Lockett, but that comeback wasn't as successful as the Tim Watson <laughs> yeah. comeback. The, is there, who was the last uh, Gary Ablett? Who was the last like big player to like retire and then come back? Uh, oh, oh I, I know who. Um, uh, sausage at GWS. Uh, uh, oh, Shane Mumford. Is, uh, Mumford, who went boxing for a short period of time and yeah. then, then came back. Yeah, that's did right. Did Luke Hodge ever say he was retiring before he signed the new contract? Yeah. He did. Yeah, he was. He was. He was carried off the ground with yeah. Bob Murphy. That's oh. right. And then returned. Um, and then returned. But his was kind of seamless because he went out at the final round one season and came back at round one the next year. <laughs> so. A much more likeable player yeah, second he, time around, I he found. Didn't, uh, <laughs> you didn't really notice with Andre, uh, what was going on there. Um, so, yeah, there it is, Super Bowl done uh, for another year. Yep. And will Bray, is Brady going around again? 
They don't know. They do don't not know. know. I don't care. Uh, go Ravens. Um, I was talking to my cousin in Baltimore. She says, we're definitely going to make the Super Bowl next year. Uh, really? Right, uh, allegedly. Okay. Well, let's put all of our money on that. Let's do- <laughs> All the Patreon cash. <laughs> put all of our $50. Tess, have you chosen a team yet? Well, I always decided that I'd probably go for um, the Pittsburgh Steelers because they have um, yellow no and chi- black. Yeah, they have, and they don't have cheerleaders. I think, don't they? Isn't that the situation? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Too cold. Yeah, in they Pittsburgh, don't have it? cheerleaders, which I enjoy, and they're yellow and black. So I always decide. Also, I grew up in an industrial town of Geelong, so I thought maybe you know that would be a connection. Mm. But I have given okay. them absolutely none of my time or energy. And Tess, do you know who the Steelers' main rival is? Who? Ravens. We would hate each other. I mean, more so. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be on maternity leave for quite a long time, so I'm going to have a lot of time. So I reckon I should jump on board. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Heaps of time. When you have a kid, it's just (laughs) nothing but time on your hands. You will just be sitting on your hands for the next two years. (laughs) Oh, I'm bored. Uh, Well, the season doesn't start until August, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, the guy is probably quite busy as well. But anyway, um, I will I will commit to the Steelers for next season. All right, there it is. You heard it here first. Um, now we should have a little chat about the AFLW. As yes, well. let's do it. Yep. Let's go to Friday night. What Friday. happened there, doggies? Oh, the doggies, yeah. The big game of Brienne versus Celine Moody. Two twins against each other. Uh, I think, um, sadly, the the, the Carlton one. Uh, Brienne is the Carlton one. Is that right? Yeah, I can't I tell so. them apart. Yeah, Brie, she she was a bit more uh, dominant, uh, but it was it was a great win. Uh, it was the commentary called it a signature win yeah, afterwards, right. which um, which I think is code for they almost stuffed it up, <laughs> but uh, it, it was good. Um, did you notice the Bulldogs have a new club theme song? Uh, no, no, they've they've re-recorded the AFLW theme song. Yeah, you say thank God, Tess. It sounds terrible. But um, I haven't heard it at the ground, and I just I hated that. Um, version that, that gravelly sort of cabaret style. Well, yeah, it was like Christina Aguilera at a any do. Like, was every syllable had a hundred extra syllables in it, and just drove me nuts. But well, I didn't hear it ne- properly on Friday night. Well, um, uh, yeah, Izzy, one of our active listeners, uh, she said that uh, she loves it, but uh, I, I really hate it. It sounds like a, a, a church choir. Now, I like the old gravelly. That so- suited our working class yeah, yeah. roots. Uh, but uh, what else have I got? There? Oh, just um, both. I mean, both sides could have won it. Carlton were really good uh, at times. Other times, we were amazing. Um, Decision making is still. I remember an old footy coach and I had like under nine said footy yes. is ninety percent decision making. And I reckon if you got to like some of the decisions, some of the players made on Friday night, it was up there with Will Smith turning down the Matrix to do Wild Wild West. <laughs> right, it'd be like going to Rockpool, the very famous steakhouse restaurant in Melbourne, and going, "I'll just have the salad, just the salad. Uh, out of the compost bin." <laughs> is this on? The- was that on Friday night where one of your players, Danny, missed a goal from about one metre out? Yes, yes, she went the banana. Um, you know, risky move. Um, yeah, and that was the first. That was like in the first minute of the game. Yeah, yeah. That one Which, later, thank God. Yeah, that was good. She made up. It was. Uh, oh, she got an amazing one yeah. later. But yeah, and I was a bit disappointed that Channel Seven put that up on their socials because it was just like, mm. or maybe they were just doing it so all the trolls would go straight to that spot and think, just ignore the rest of the game. I think though. To be fair, it wouldn't matter if it was 
AFLW or uh, AFL, they would, if someone misses a goal like that, they would put it up on the socials. Yeah. I know, but it's yeah. different if you know it's going to attract people just to be like, these women should never get to play again. Like, oh, you do okay. know that it will get a different response, even if the intent is valid, yeah. valid. but it, mm. it was I mean, pretty they funny. Up, uh, Taylor Harris took an amazing pack mark, and they, they there was a great photo of it. They chucked that up. You took, what it, what annoys me now is you do anything with Taylor Harris. It's just it's like Adam Goods. It's just like it's just a it's just a dickhead oh, magnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty it's, funny, wasn't it? People are. Well, she's got her eyes closed. I was like, well, firstly, she took the mark. Secondly, Michael Wilson then had to show the next frame and the frame beforehand where everyone's eyes are open. And then everyone also showed the Leo Barry mark where everyone's eyes are closed. Like, just don't be yeah, dicks. Oh, don't be dicks because there's immediate evidence that you're just being a dick, which I know isn't the point of being a dick online. Like, they're not coming yeah. back to check to find out if they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have I been corrected? My bad. I don't think that's actually what's happening. But yeah, how good is bloody Ali Blackburn? She is just a freak. Oh, she's so she's good. She's so good. Like I was umming and ahhing who my new favourite player would be after Nikki Callan retired, but it's Ellie all the way. Premiership captain, absolute hero. Oh, do you know what I loved? This is our first win since round one last year. Mm. Uh, I loved when they sang the song on, on the ground and there were more players inside the circle celebrating their first win than outside. Oh, yeah, Literally right. it was just like Ellie Blackburn and, uh, and, and Lamb and Huntington and, and Bonnie Toogood all just trying to hold these young kids in. <laughs> <laughs> Fence them in. It was, very, it was very exciting. How good seeing Nathan Burke just like happy Nathan Burke. It's so nice because uh, he's such a grumpy man. Love him to death. But when you see him gleefully giggling, I was like, yes. I would love the Bulldogs to be successful for that reason. Just a happy Burke. Well, because I know Berkey and I love him. Yeah. I would love to see uh, your AFLW team be successful. Carlton, on the other hand, uh, zipping two. Yeah, premiership favourites, uh, which I disagree. Don't you, don't you love seeing Carlton lose? <laughs> I mean, I know it's a club that hasn't had a lot of success in recent time, but there's just something about it. They still yeah. feel uh, successful. <laughs> mind you, I do love half. I mean, you know, good horse on that. Uh, <laughs> Actually, um, Kinder started last week, so uh, you know my daughter's in a, a whole new class, and you have to meet all the parents, and you yeah. have to try and find the footy fans to yes, so yeah. you know who to make small yeah. talk with. And I always wear my bulldogs hat just to sort of attract them. And yeah. and one of the mums went, "Oh, you're, you're a bulldogs fan? Oh, I'm a bulldogs fan. Oh, great!" Uh, and, I, and I go, "So is is your you know your son a bulldogs fan?" She went, "No." And then, oh, what? oh, my my husband has chosen the kids' teams. They're they're Carlton supporters. And I'm like. Really? Have your kids seen any results in the yeah. in their entire lifetime? She needed to make a bet in the last however many years where Bulldogs would clearly have won. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you've got to be proactive, or you make a deal like me and my wife, and my kids are Bulldogs fans, and they go for Karpaty Lviv in the Ukrainian Premier League. Oh, <laughs> what a deal! What a deal! Yeah. You really gave up a lot for that, Danny. Uh, <laughs> I know my my Dynamo Kiev heritage is outraged. <laughs> um, hey, let's- on Saturday, oh. I was just going to say, as much as I love seeing Carlton lose, despite the odds in women's footy, I quite like them. But with Collingwood, they're still Collingwood. Like they're still such a big team. So like when they're going well, it's kind of annoying. And they were so good again on Saturday, and they absolutely trounced at Vic Park in front of like a beloved, like a completely loving crowd. I was like. 
What a bummer. <laughs> so really, Shani Layton takes a big grab and you're just like, oh, just... No, don't. I secretly am like, I'm happy for you. But what I want is for all the players to play well, but Collingwood to lose, you know? <laughs> the other team to play better each week and that's how it works. Like, so I can still be happy. Because, like, who couldn't enjoy watching Chloe Malloy play footy? She's awesome and so yeah. good at it and delightful as a human. And then, but, you know... The whole t- the whole club situation, and also I liked Geelong, so I was disappointed for them. Did you did you uh, go down, Tess? Because your husband's a Cats fan, or were you were you watching on TV? I was watching on the telly. Did you hear the commentary? I think it was the end of the first quarter. I made a note of it. Uh, one of the, one of them said, uh, "You know, oh, any kids watching, if you want to know how to make it at the elite level, mm. watch Brittany Benici. Her work rate on the field, mm. which is all fine, but then they followed up with." And also her work rate off the field. Like, so why? How are the kids going to watch her? You just saying, yes. just stalk Brittany Benici. <laughs> this is her address. This is when her house is empty. This is the park she trains at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> her mobile. If you need to ask her some questions. Yeah, the spare yeah. keys under the third pot plant. <laughs> In fact, here's her mobile number. You can use find my phone to uh, track down where she is. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, Collingwood at their spiritual home and, you know, always good, though, to see, in my opinion, Geelong lose. <laughs> so I was really happy after this game. Uh, and then just imagine how my levels of joy went through the roof after I saw the game at Casey Fields. <laughs> so <laughs> Carlton, Carlton lost, Geelong lost and Richmond lost. Oh. I'm like, could this weekend get any better? <laughs> Well, I mean, you've always got the uh, you've always got an advantage over us, Limo. Hawthorne can't lose in the AFL. Yeah, well, exactly. Undefeated, exactly. still. I know it annoys me that we don't have a team, and I want one ASAP. So, what what happened, Tess? Why are your Tigers still losing? Is it still just bad karma for stealing all mm. every other team's players? No, and um, I actually think we were much more competitive on the weekend. We just didn't make very good decisions, and Melbourne are excellent. And I really thought the weekend, except for Friday night was very predictable. All the most experienced teams with players and teams that have played together for multiple seasons and have a vibe together all did much better than the new teams who don't have a vibe together. And so I feel like I'm so happy and comfortable when Richmond lose that it just is not bothering me one little bit. Like it's just my natural state of being. I'm so happy. I'm like they gave it a bloody good go, good on them, and then it doesn't really matter if we win or lose. And so I... (laughs) And the right audience. So you heard it here first, folks. Tess Armstrong wants Richmond to lose every game from here on in. And what I, I heard was could, couldn't care less if they do. <laughs> I do think a few losses might um, level out some weird egos that have now crept into our men's team. But anyway, we'll hopefully, you know, still be able to beat Collingwood. Um, but I, yeah, was disappointed. And one thing I also noticed was just with the new teams, like Geelong and the Tigers, we both scored very early and in the first quarter we really were on even par with Collingwood and the D's but the second those teams that have experience start playing their game plan all the structure just goes out the window like completely but this just it just feels panicky but Ellie McKenzie McKenzie, who's the number one draft pick she was excellent Mon Conti had a flat week the first week and she was excellent again um and so I'm we're in it Stuffiers, we're we're good to go. We're doing great, great things. Melbourne were bloody good, and I'm happy for the D's. So whatever. Tigers playing the Cats next week for the yes. uh, the, the 
the Armstrong Cup. Uh, we'll, we'll, it's down at Swinburne Centre. That's Pump Road, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure yet because they haven't actually released the fixture um, oh, they, because they, they scrapped the fixture, which is another thing to take advantage of, oh. take into mind as well. You know, and because we all follow footy like um, like we have a, nothing else going on in our lives, but how much emphasis is put on opposition research like you pick your team based on who you're going to play whether you need a tall team a small team whatever they didn't find out who they were all playing until like Thursday last week so it's quite difficult <laughs> to play ruined our tip for the Patreon episode I'll tell you that much <laughs> yeah. but then it also means that um those teams that have really good structures and just have a great way of playing like North which we'll talk about in a moment it doesn't really matter who they play because they're just going to be they're just going to play their own way but for the teams that are trying to kind of get an upset it's going to be quite difficult if you don't know who you're playing so you can't really play tricky play you know funny buggers with coaching or anything like that to kind of get ahead yeah Yeah. which was similar with North Melbourne like they were just they're just so good they were just so good. I mean, let's go to the North Melbourne game now. The the I'll, I'll just point out the free kick count. Uh, oh, there we go. Danny loves the free kick count at the AFLW. I do. Just I'm just noticing St Kilda. You remember against my Bulldogs, twenty six to six in the Saints' favour yesterday. Uh, free kicks, twenty two to ten in the Saints' favour. Oh, I think it's time to make that an official fat hashtag. Free kick St Kilda. Free kick St Kilda. I mean, I, even like because the the Arden Street, there were some great uh, cameras, camera angles and stuff. I could see the cheer squad, the St Kilda cheer squad, very clearly. When North got a free kick in the front, in the in their forward fifty, the look of confusion on their face, <laughs> going, "Hang on, that you you seem to is this opposite day? This doesn't happen to us." Mm. <laughs> Although my favourite thing in that match was because uh, it was at Arden Street, uh, the cameras went. You could see the apartment block across the road. And there was one house where there only seemed to be one guy on the balcony with massive North Melbourne flags. Right. And just go, do you reckon he bought that place and then, you know, Arden Street closed down, you know, in the 70s or yeah, whatever. It's like, how annoying. And it's just like, oh, just, and now he's getting free footy. It's like, this investment has paid off. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> or he's renting, it's a bloke who doesn't barracks North Melbourne, but rents his apartment out. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, uh, yes. For the weekend. <laughs> It's ten bucks to go to the game, or you can rent his house for the weekend for one hundred eighty bucks. But really good aerial vision. You don't get that, you know, when you're on the when you're on ground level. You need to be able to see where they're all at. But yeah, they just they look bloody good, and the Saints as well. Their structure just went out the window completely at the end. Um, yeah. But you would like if I was thinking if like Emma Carney was running towards me, I'd just be like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. I'd like to. I'd like to watch what you do with it. Just uh, now, what about this uh, this nail biter that took place at Hickey Park <laughs> up in uh, Queensland, Brisbane, sixty five to the Gold Coast Suns at two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bit grim. Bit it, grim. It is. Well, it's 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 incredibly. Lima, how do you feel as a as a Gold Coast Suns fan? Just uh, the embarrassment, the shame. I noticed you remove you booked in a tattoo removalist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did have uh, AFLW GCS Premiers twenty twenty one already tattooed uh, across my back, but I'm getting it removed. Um, that is, uh, it's a pretty disgraceful performance. 
Is it, uh, Tess, a blip or are they actually that bad? No, I think it's a blip. I mean, they were quite competitive against the Ds the week before. Um, they just they just could not get any any forward pressure whatsoever and they didn't tweak their structure like for the whole game. So it wasn't working. The Lions also have an excellent defence. Like Luckins is always standing there. She's literally there every single time they go to get it forward and Luckins just rebounds and, and away they go. And so I just think they just needed to be more adaptable. But also the Lions are good. Like the Lions have been good for the whole competition for five years, and they also have the same coach, a load of the same players that are playing in the same team and have played together and all really get on very well together. And the Suns are just new and they just don't have that kind of um, that bond, I don't think, yet. Or that, that, you know, that instinctual, you know, where that player's going to be. They don't have that yet. Um, I did laugh because it was this pre vision. Of and you can always tell when teams are going well, they're having like heaps of fun in the rooms together and whatever. And the Lions AFLW tweeted this video, and the girls were kind of having just a dance party in the in the rooms. And Craig Stasevich was trying to get them to come to calm down, oh, and he looked so like a like, teacher. It's just like the Australian cricket team around '93 Ashes, where they were getting blind before they even had to bat. Yep. <laughs> he was like, you know, calm down, girls, whatever. And then he tweeted later. Um, Truth is, I may have had a little groove to ABBA just prior to this video. Thankful no one had to see it. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, they're just having like a really fun time together and that's that's easy to do when you're kind of smashing it. Yeah, well, that is. Sorry about your It fans. is easy to smash it, yeah. Um, yeah, Suns, uh, they're struggling, but I'm hanging in there. Now my second team, or really the Suns are my second team, my first team are the Adelaide Crows, who absolutely flogged the Giants. Yeah, which is very at surprising. Blacktown International Sports Park. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, it's very surprising because there was no crowd allowed for that uh, due to COVID reasons. And I thought no crowd would have favoured GWS. No, you were <laughs> practicing you that thought. for years. Uh, but no. Uh, Crows, very good team, though. Oh, very good. Very, very good team. And. Uh, Although I, I get the feeling, Tess, that the competition at the top is pretty tight. Yeah. Like I don't I feel like there's a natural standout flag favourite at this stage. Not yet. And also, wonderfully, this year we don't have a conference system. So we may actually get to see a lot of these teams go up against each other, whereas last year it was really hard to tell because we had two tables and there were, there were leaders at those tables. Whereas if you think about Crows, North, Frio at the moment, um, they're clearly we're on the lines, I suppose, but the other three seem to be just absolutely flying, and they might actually get to play each other, which is quite exciting because we'll get a sense of how they actually yeah. stack up. One player for Adelaide, which actually plays into you, Limo, a lot, is Danielle Pont- Ponta, who's just like the best goal kicker. She's such a natural. She's the niece of um. Michael Long and also the cousin of Cyril Rioli, and she plays like them too. She's just every, no matter where she is, no matter where she kicks it from, it just bounces in an incredible way through the middle. And she was amazing again on the weekend. And so was everyone. Like they've got Marinoff and Phillips and Randall. They're just, they're just bloody good. It's, uh, it's a strong team. Now, I'm not suggesting for a second that the teams in Conference A are slightly mismatched. But let me read to you the percentages. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Here we go. From the top of the ladder. Brisbane, 757. (laughs) North Melbourne, 563. Mm -hmm. Adelaide, 357. That's a big drop. 
GWS 35, <laughs> Richmond 32, Gold <laughs> Coast 30, Geelong 21. <laughs> You're on, you've missed out a couple of teams there. I mean, we've got the dogs are on 96 and, uh, you know, Collingwood are on 181. But, uh, yeah, that's I, 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 I get the point you're making. It's also um, Brisbane and Kangaroos can be really grateful to both. Um, I think it was Kangaroos against the Cats last week and they just absolutely fogged them and Geelong didn't kick any goals and this week Brisbane with the Suns. <laughs> so it's like uh, we may be cooking the books a little bit and it may only be round two, but we'll we'll have to see. How weird is it as well that Carlton have an even percentage of 84? Like there's no points. Uh, is that mathematically weird? On the ladder because everyone else has a point, something or other. It does look weird on the ladder, but there is a one in one hundred chance of that happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now the uh, let's go to the Western oh, Derby final game of the of the round. Yeah, uh, and the Dockers uh, just too good it, for the uh, for the West Coast. It Eagles. was absolutely pouring rain, which was so weird. Rain. I thought it was. I thought it was haze from the bushfires. No, it was pouring good, rain, right. which was great. Um, but it also mm. meant that it was just. It was so hard. You could hardly see anything because the camera was wet. Also, it's like I realised it was very rare to watch WA sport and it be pouring rain. It was like an out of body experience. And these two teams didn't find out when they were playing until you know Thursday night or something like that. And so they kind of got, got it together. I assume that I presume they knew they were playing one another, but when and where? Evie Gooch, who plays for Frio, had been fighting the fires all um, weekend, and then you know took. Hero. Took some time off to come and play AFLW. And you can just, yeah, it's just such a, like, a good reminder when you hear people and particularly, like, super well-paid athletes complain about how hard, how they couldn't possibly do anything different because that would completely disrupt their, um, you know, preparation for the game. People do a lot of amazing stuff. No. No. It has. Oh, well, what a hero. Let's vote. Let's vote. West Coast actually kind of took it to them a little bit. They lost. Remember last year? I mean, I wasn't going to bring up Jonathan Patton on this pro, on this podcast um, for his recent oh, oh, his recent deeds. But last year, in simpler, far simpler times, he was cooking in the kitchen and injured his foot. Remember, and so he had to have some time off. Um, yes. This year, Dana Hooker, who's West Coast's absolute standout player and just an absolute freak, was cooking, sliced her foot open with a knife ruptured tendon, missed the whole season. So they've been oh. cursed a little bit. And so I thought it was pretty good. They at least took it to Frio. And Frio have are so slick and they're so good at goals that they kind of they couldn't really play the the way they wanted to because it was so wet. So West Coast did you, good for having did you say, did you say Frio are so good close to goals? Yes. No 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 so good in front of goals, like as in they're very clean at goals. They've got lots of goal sneaks who can kick them from lots of different angles, but that's oh, hard yeah. when it rains. Because they did kick two goals, 11. I know. <laughs> yep. Well, no, I can see why they didn't want to kick goals because even though there was no crowd there, um, every time they scored a goal, they played a snippet of J-Lo, Let's Get Loud, and that's a really annoying song after a while. And by a while, I mean the first three bars. Particularly when there's no crowd there. That's yeah. It. I mean, why is that even there? I mean, I enjoyed watching the, the trainers wearing masks, you know, because obviously Perth's in a, its own new little lockdown yeah. thing. It doesn't really know what's going on. But uh, and and also, I didn't real. I'm a bit dismayed. It took until uh, round two of this year uh, for me to realise West Coast have a player called Grace Kelly. 
Oh, well, very good. She's Irish. She's Irish. She, she's I from County that. Mayo. and uh, But, yeah, is it, I was trying to remember, is there any other names of footballers shared with uh, – Paul Kelly's the only one I could think of. Mm. Mm. Kelly's. We need a Ned Kelly soon. <laughs> All right, we'll have, a, we'll have a little think about that. Yeah. We need a Ned Kelly. We'll work on it. We'll workshop hopefully, it. Right, hopefully we get another famous name coming through. Let us know. All right. Do you have anything else, team? We're coming up to the hour. Uh, I think that that's all from me. Um, I'm just looking forward to a couple of weeks of uh, dummy spitting and uh, tantrums at the Australian Open. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to ignoring that because it's a terrible sport. <laughs> I love it. And even before, despite the odds, I was like, thank God the tennis is back and flicked it on. I love it so much. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Anyway, so I'll see you in two weeks. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you. Uh, well, that's that's it for this week on uh, They Came to Play. Thanks once again for tuning in. Uh, we do appreciate you uh, clicking on us every week. If you enjoyed the pod, please tell a friend and uh, get them to have a listen as well. And if you didn't enjoy it, well, perhaps keep that to yourself. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Danny McGinley. Thank you. Go Ravens. Uh, thank you, Tess Armstrong. Can Tigers get our first AFLW win? All right, and I will say uh, congratulations, Tom Brady, on equaling Michael Tuck with seven premierships. <laughs>